0: Welcome to Western Kabuki. It's Wack Nicholson. Uh, very excited to be doing this. We've got a guest, we've got some things to talk about. The writers, they're on strike. Um, but first, I have a really, really important question uh to my my beautiful co-host, June. Uh Juniper, uh, I got a really important question for you. Yeah, what's up? Are you rocking with nine eleven? <laughs> I am always rocking with nine eleven. You know I am. You know it's, it, yeah. I needed to. Uh, I needed to clear the air on that really quickly because a lot of people are <laughs> refusing to answer you on Bluesky when you when you ask them if they're rocking with 911, including I, I know. notably, Alexandria ocasio Cortez, <laughs> not rocking with 911. Well, What's going no, on over she, there?
1: she no, gave she, a coded she response. response because she yeah, followed, she followed you after that
2: yeah she, she yeah she followed me on, on blue sky after i Insane. asked her she's rocking with 9-11 but jake tapper um cnn host has not responded he has not acknowledged me so he's not rocking
0: he's not with rocking not 9/11. with 9-11 no um,
2: but, but aoc absolutely is same with nina turner she followed me after i asked her as well so <laughs> so we got two people that's beautiful
0: that's beautiful if you if you can get an invite code dear listener please join us on blue ski we're going we're skeeting like crazy over there um well Juniper is. i just want to um, give our Cast an
3: opportunity to bail on this now that we've started.
4: Yeah. <laughs> we I'm, that. Look, I'm all in on blue sky. Once they said nudes were were out there, and I'm like, okay, let's 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 go. I, I, I've been waiting for this kind of freedom, uh, freedom to <laughs> skeet, you know. So uh, it's I'm, a good time I'm, on there. Yeah, yeah. Caleb, how are time. you?
0: How are you doing? Are you rocking with 9/11? I,
4: you know what? Uh,
1: I was actually one of the Israeli dancers in New Jersey on 9/11. Oh, wow. So yes.
0: <laughs> Oh wow. That's a big that's a big get for us on the show. We've got one of the guys celebrating the towers falling. And we are very happy to be joined by writer, comedian, actor, and uh all around sweet fella gonna be in uh he is uh, involved with the twisted metal adaptation t- coming to television. Iffy Way, how are we doing, Iffy? Good, good. You know, I like sweet fella. You know, I I'm gonna start adding that you are, you are a sweet fella, you are a consummate sweet fella.
4: I try to be, you know. I, try, <laughs> I, I do everything I can to be a sweet fella.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I'm going to tell you right now because we started off horny. Um, that <laughs> uh, when the when you were because I told you that I showed your episode of Puppet History to my classroom. Yes. Um. They. They absolutely lost their shit when you said that if you were the richest man in the world, every OnlyFans girl would become a one percenter. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah,
4: lots lots of quotables.
0: Uh, you know, and, and I'm glad that they appreciate that. And hopefully, yeah.
4: you know, I somehow taught those kids to pay for their porn. Uh yeah. Know.
0: And that's really important because these these kids out here, they are they think it's all free. They think it just yeah. comes from nowhere. You gotta yeah, pay I mean, your people.
4: They got it easy too. They don't have to wait for the picture to load oh god and 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 to go through free trial seven pages of free trials and getting what you can in that time period it's or just there.
0: finding or just finding fully illegal pornography by accident yeah oh, uh yeah. on the internet uh often. in a it happened all the time we're in a bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I porn. don't think. I don't Did think. Did any of you guys ever find Woods anymore. porn? Is that no? No, I'm too young for Woods porn. Okay.
4: Oh yeah, I I definitely there was one in the bush in the back of the library, and it was definitely like a monkey's paw uh, free porno because <laughs> it we saw that it was like someone dropped it to cover a turd. So it was like, how bad do you want to see these boobs? <laughs> are you willing to? <laughs> are you willing to lift this up and uh,
0: deal with this turd? <laughs> have you, have you, are you a woods porn discoverer, Caleb? Yeah, dude. Uh, I, Hell yeah, I like basically
1: grew because both my parents worked so much. And I would like on weekends, I used to live by the little league field that all the games had every weekend. So, like, I would just go down there all the time. That's what was my social life was as a kid. we just play in the woods all around the fields and uh, just, I mean, a treasure trove of pornography all throughout the fields <laughs> in the woods back there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Jeez. a treasure trove see being I'm, I'm, those are the original caves. yeah <laughs> they were the original goon caves yet yeah, i always just kind of assumed that was like fake like finding porn. oh no it's very real no it's, the, real. The no, it's yeah. real i don't understand okay.
1: why i've still never gotten an explanation as to why yeah who's but, putting it there uh, for what reason i've
0: heard i've heard people postulate that it's like uh like like husbands whose wives don't want them to find their porn like they don't want to you know have the porn in the house so they put it in the woods (laughs) i think it's like johnny appleseed
3: it's like someone is just (laughs) just seeding the seeding the youth with corruption and sexuality yeah yeah
0: (laughs) you know you did remind me though i never found woods porn um but i (laughs) did grow up near the uh school like i grew up near a school as well um and in the field after like a football practice like my brother found a DVD that had clearly been run over by the lawnmower already, and he put it in the DVD player and, and, and watched it and he and he had it. Um and it was like I I mean it was called like Hermaphrodite Party 4. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no. And it was just these girls with like giant clits who were like Talking about how much they love being "quote unquote" hermaphrodites.
4: Insane. <laughs> <And Sandra laughs> talking a camera
0: uh There was, you know, there was it was porn, uh, but okay. they did, they did. There was a voiceover. I was like, explaining. I was like, I think you
4: might have found your first podcast.
0: You know, like that's- <laughs> 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 the early days of podcasting where you had to throw DVDs yeah, yeah. into football yeah. fields and hope somebody found it. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh. so we are we are here because if you are a, a member of the Writers Guild of America, how's it going over there and in in, in Hollywood? Oh, I mean, it's good. You know, this,
4: I, you know, I feel like I've said this a bunch and it makes me feel like one of those, like, a almost a hipster in a way where I'm like, I felt like this was a long time coming. I mean, I saw the writing on the wall just based on like a being, you know, uh, internet nerd tech adopter, what have you. So the moment I started writing, my first writing job was back in, um, 2016 uh writing for 2015 2016 writing for at midnight on comedy central and even then that i got like a very quick lesson into residuals what they are what they mean because at the time you know every time essentially Just to break it completely down and not assume everyone knows everything going on, residuals are essentially uh, getting payment for when something you have written on or acted in has been played on TV. And for writer's residuals, usually you must be paid every time it's aired. And it usually is like a larger chunk the first airing and it kind of like dwindles down with each airing and there's different factors that add into why you get paid more or whatever, but just for simplicity's sake, every time you're something you wrote on or written has been aired, you get paid. And at midnight, it was a comedy variety show. So there wasn't like episodes. So with, uh when you have episodic tv shows usually you'll have a written by or story by at the top of the episode and that writer is the writer who has quote-unquote written the episode uh writing is a collaborative effort you know you all work together you usually get assigned episodes and you take the helm of the episode so you're the one kind of writing it out from the outline to pay age and implementing the notes. Everyone's helping, but you're essentially taking the lead on the episode. So, and the reason that's important is that's the person who is getting paid when it airs on something like a comedy variety show or or a late night show. There is no singular written by everyone worked on the episode. So everyone kind of gets a piece of that pie. And when I got involved in at midnight they were in already in talks of making sure they got paid because at midnight aired twice so it would air uh they they play at midnight at midnight then they do the rerun of south park and the rerun of other shows and then they air at midnight again the reason that's important is at midnight was a daily show uh so that means that's a check (laughs) every day that they were missing out on it, they finally got paid out when i was there so i never even had to worry about the battle but that's when i learned i was like oh the, the money is in the residuals because you get like a weekly pay but you know your agents uh your agents and your manager get a piece of the pie usually 10 that's 20 if you had a lawyer work out your contract that's another five percent so that's 25 of your check gone um if you're you know incorporated uh You got to pay the taxes on that. So that's out of the money you get paid. That's probably another around 20% out. So, you know, unless you are a higher level writer or writing in a larger capacity, that money that seems so big when you sign the contract gets small real quick. And the money is a lot of times in residuals because even when you're off of the job, when the job's completed and the show's made, or maybe you're on hiatus, you're still getting paid residuals. I say all that to say, you know, I already right, back then had a Netflix account and was streaming on Netflix and a crunchy roll account. And I was watching the industry kind of moved towards the streamer model and the first strike that everyone, most people remember, which was back in 2007 and the reason people remember it is because everyone's like, that's when Lost got bad. Uh, (laughs) Like, that's the the big tentpole why everyone remembers that. Uh, That was the first kind of uh, strike regarding internet, but, you know, Netflix wasn't built out like it was back then. It really was a lot to do with NBC putting episodes of SNL on the internet and using that and saying it was advertising, but essentially the people who wrote on SNL weren't getting residuals because it was on the internet. So we had to work out a new media deal, which was all internet-based stuff, which eventually would encapsulate streaming. And because it's this new media deal... There's no residuals worked out. It's not, it's it's, it's a different model, but a lot of people are ingesting TV from streaming platforms now. Like even my show, Grand Crew, you know, the word on the street was that it was our streaming numbers that really secured our uh, second season. So that's a lot different. And another thing about that too is you remember, if you remember back in the day when a show got another season, Usually the channel would air the whole first season again, which means that's a whole check go into every writer yet again, With streaming that doesn't happen anymore because you can just watch it on streaming and then you get like a much smaller check, um, just so much smaller from the streaming than you would, if it just aired on TV. So that's one side of the current <laughs> argument. Like, like that whole speech I just gave you is just one part of what we're bargaining for right now. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that is on the table. Uh, AI is, is which, you know, you would think is everyone's kind of looked at AI is like, oh yeah, it could be a helper. And, and, you know, I agree with that. We've, I've seen lots of professionals use it to help and everyone's kind of not, everyone's just assumed that no one would use it to replace anything. Uh, but studios are definitely (laughs) thinking along those lines. I mean, there was an article that just came out today that, uh, some studios plan to write scripts via AI and have writers rewrite those scripts after the strikes over. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. 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 So you have, you know, the studios do not want to block the chance to use ai but like one of the issues is you know and all and these are all and i'll try and send it to you i I remember i told whack you know the only thing you really need to look up adam conover did a very comprehensive and he was in the in the uh negotiating committee so he was in the room too but they've listed everything we've asked for and their response and i think one of the alarming things was with the ai where we were like hey don't use ai to write scripts or to punch up scripts that writers have done and they've refused to even negotiate on that they said we're no response so if you
0: refuse to negotiate it that means you already have plans to do it because well, like and why they would you... and they said about ai too that like um wasn't their plan to to uh have the meeting again in a year or whatever to like table The AI discussion, while people oh, it it, it
4: was much worse than that. No, they wanted instead they said (laughs) instead of uh, even doing that, they they wanted us to to have meetings on the growing technology and entertainment. It wasn't to negotiate; it it was just to (laughs) just have a meeting and discuss it. Uh, So yeah, a little chit chat, uh, which is a which is a a very soft no, you know. Uh, Can I can I
3: ask you a question? If he, you know, the people that you are you're negotiating on the other side of the table of are the alliance of motion picture and television producers. I have no idea what that group of people is comprised of. Who are they? Like, what is their deal? Can I ask a question
1: to add to Alex's? (laughs) Yeah. Because uh, I was about to ask a similar question. So like, it seems to me that the different kinds of studios have a different level of skin in the game. Whereas like Netflix has a lot of unscripted stuff and a lot of content that's coming from all over the world. And it seems like they're probably more content to ride this out than, say, somebody like Sony, who has no streaming services, is going to feel the hit on this right away. How do you think that's going to affect things?
4: Oh, I mean, we could only wait and see. But you bring up a good point that is actually valid. Uh, and and I'll be able to answer both those questions. This, so yeah, the Alliance of Motion Pictures, whatever, whatever, <laughs> is essentially Sony, WB, uh, Disney, a uh, Warner Brothers, a and Netflix, and essentially all the major studios. So Universal, and they basically do this so that we can work out one. Uh, what we're what we're currently negotiating is the uh, MBA, which is the minimums based agreement. So essentially the minimum amount that you're able to pay writers and the minimums of how long you can hire them and how many writers. And they do this so that there can just be one negotiation because before Netflix was even a part of this, they essentially just, to in order to uh work with the wga they had to accept this same minimums basics agreements so really that's just so everyone can have a voice in the room but you make a good point the netflix is negotiating on a whole different level you have these like you know, for lack of a better term ogs like universal and warner and a lot of these you know services that streaming is just a bonus to what they do you know uh the most money will always forever Ever be an advertisement like billions of dollars are in advertisement? That's why they have what's called upfronts. What upfronts are is after s- pilots are sold and picked up, they have a big event, essentially a convention in New York, where advertisers get to look at the shows that are about to be on TV in the fall so that they can pre sale all their ad buys. For shows that kind of mi- so it's the reason why when Empire was on you had all the black AT&T ads and all the black McDonald's because they're like Okay, a lot of black people are going to be watching this show. So let's target the ads toward them It allows advertisers to pick the shows that to best advertise to whatever demographic and that's where all the money's made And then the bonus is in streaming Uh Even though there's lots of money being made in streaming because everyone likes streaming because you can watch television at your leisure. You don't have to be watching TV at Wednesdays at eight. You can watch it whenever you're ready. So it's moving over there, but then that's a different model. It's the subscription model. So Netflix, that's all they have. So we're directly cutting into their main source of income. Whereas like, you know, some of the other companies are probably, uh, you know, I can't read their mind. I don't know. I I want like, not only was I not in the negotiating room, the negotiators probably wasn't in the room with all these different studios having their own separate conversation. But I'd imagine that they Netflix is a little more wary of these, you know, minimums and, and, and raises and especially, uh, the residuals from stream, because it's this, that's all they have. So now they're, their pie is directly getting cut into. So what's happening now is we're also uh, asking for things like a minimum amount of time and also getting paid for pre green lit rooms. So what that means is say, you know, y'all sell a show to, to me, I'm the studio that you sell the show to me and you're like, here's the show we made the pilot. And I'm like, I like this, but I want to see, you know, what a season would look like. So now you will get people to come together. Maybe a small room of like anywhere from you three to like, you get three other people, you have a room of six and you work for eight weeks, essentially writing this show to give me an idea of this. And then I greenlight your room, and you get 10 weeks of of to, to do the rest of the season. So essentially, you did 18 weeks of work for 10 weeks of pay. And so the WGA is trying to stop that, saying that you, you need to pay people for all the weeks of work. Even if you didn't greenlight it yet, if they're writing scripts for you, they need to be paid.
0: So with... I mean what what we're hearing a lot from WGA members especially Adam Conover who has really been like at the forefront of a lot of this he's in the negotiating room he was on Hassan's stream either today or yesterday yeah um he's he's really trying to get the word out there and he, and that the thread was very helpful that you directed me toward and I just um I was just watching his video about AI specifically um but I think that you know a lot of our listeners a lot of people in general just aren't really familiar with how draconian and horrible show business is and a lot of people are like you write on some big popular show you must be like rich or whatever it's like nah dog like even the actors aren't rich like they're just like barely scraping by while netflix continuously grows for years now obviously they've had a lot of troubles in the past like 12 months or so but it's like really uh really dark what people go through in order to do their dream job in 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 the big pictures and it's it's a uh, it's a system that really grinds people up and drives them insane. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize, especially a lot of the like reactionaries and psychopaths on 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 Twitter and shit that are like, Oh, they're just millionaires arguing with billionaires, nothing to see here. And it's like, first of all, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. And second of all, even <laughs> if it was, take the millionaire side, you fucking idiot. Uh, yeah, I know.
4: <laughs> no, it's well, it's so funny because you know, when you look at when you think of writers, right, you're thinking of like the Issa Rays, the Lena Dunham's, the Taika Waititi's, Winter the, Bronson. you know, you know, the, just the, 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 the uh, I don't want to say one percent because i think that number's maybe a little larger but like the top tier of it the the people who are making the most money the people who are the most famous and you're not thinking about all the people under it and the steps it takes to get to that level so you i think a lot of people just assume if you write in hollywood you're rich and if you and especially if you go to the site and look up the minimums and you just see like oh the the minimum for a staff writer you're getting like you know, uh, three grand a week. You're like, whoa, that's a lot. But like the things I listed where it's like, you know, like I said, it can be anywhere from 20 to 25% taken out. On top of that, you still got to pay taxes on that You're seeing the untaxed rate and then on top of that so if you're first off if you're single without kids that's you're yeah they uncle sam gonna get your ass uh source (laughs) me when i first started Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh but you know uh you like there's just so many like layers to it but you know i will say you know there are some of us who do make good money and that's all great but i think it's like you said it's like it's one it's you know these like middle class upper middle class people versus actual billionaires and two yeah. we're asking for 2% and really it's those those people that you're looking at you're like look at how rich they are they're they most of those people are good they're good what they're doing is they're fighting for the people under them and i think that's what's so funny that i think a lot of people miss about collective bargaining right where it's like oh you're you got this was like, yeah, but just because I've made this much money, or Iverson, doesn't mean I forget about my fellow writers who aren't at this level yet. And we're also trying to make sure there's a system so that writers can achieve that because they're, you know, they're essentially back in the day. You would start as a writer's assistant. Work a couple seasons, get a staff writer, work, produce your episode, learn to be, you know, work your way up. So like there's levels to it. So you got staff writer, then from staff writer, you become story editor, executive story editor, co-producer, producer, co-EP, EP. Now you're EPN, and then eventually you're show running shows and now you're selling and making, you know, there was a, there was a system to it that, you know, through changing times and the way that rooms work, I mean, people used to be in rooms for a whole year. And now there are some people who only get like 15 weeks to write, you know, a season of TV. So that is also, if you look at a weekly pay scale, that definitely a 30-week se- if a 30 week job versus a 15-week job, you cut their pay in half. And they're probably asking for the same delivery. So you cut the pay in half, you cut the system to help people move forward, which is why, you know, and that just adds to like that just adds to a whole bunch of stuff because if you're not able to move up it's how you know these diversity initiatives don't end up working working because you have you know these black writers get the diversity spot as staff writer don't really make the connections can't really break out of that entry level position so they can't pass it on because a lot of writing stuff is kind of uh kind of word of mouth who you know and who and who you can submit to because your peers are usually hiring each other so if you can't break into that peer group then that's another way you're kind of like making it even harder to find your next job
0: uh yeah and i think that even what you said uh even what you said about like the different writers rooms and stuff trying to get even any position at all in a writer's room it's so much different now and i think that I think that a lot of people don't realize that the same thing that happened to every other job happened to television and movie writers as well. They are being overworked. They are being underpaid and they are being told that they should be grateful for it. And the thing that's really like getting me fucking angry online is when people are like, like oh well maybe now they'll get new writers and like next season of house of the dragon will be better and it's like no dog that's not how this is going to work (laughs) that isn't how any of this works
4: oh yeah i mean there's just so many people online with just opinions that don't make sense it's um it's just carrying over from the (laughs) usual having no clue about how things work and you know just like who they choose to yell at and you know the a, a, and who's actually making the decision uh whether or not she hulk is thick or not you know like <laughs> like you know um it, it is it is and i that i come to this, you know expect it because i you know i'm i'm 35 now i wasn't you know i was in my freshman year of college when the last writer strike was, but I think it was either before, th- I think it was right before that. It was a huge uh, Kroger strike that was happening across grocery stores. And my aunt was working in a grocery store. So I was on those picket lines and kind of seeing the way yeah, people would yeah. get mad and, and just like, how did, you know, it's just, it is just the weird Jedi mind trick that billionaires have implemented that people still can't seem to break free of where it's like why are you mad at this person you know wanting a living wage and then why is your argument my living wage isn't that much why should you get paid it's like bro you should get paid more too why is your solution (laughs) being like i need people to suffer with me instead of yeah, I need to be doing what they're doing because they're right, I'm not making enough. It, it's it's truly it I I can only describe it as brainworms because yeah. and I think it's <laughs> Yeah. and I think, you know, the more compassionate way I look at it is it just seems more daunting to try and take down uh people who you see as your peers. I mean, it's more uh it's less daunting to try and take down people who you see as your peers than to go up against actual billionaires, you know? And and then that's one side of it. And then the other side is the the fry and futurama meme where people think that they're that's their journey. So they're fighting to protect a position that they think they're gonna <laughs> that they're gonna be millionaires one day. So they want this inequality to work for them eventually, which is such it's a not gonna,
2: riot...
0: it's not gonna happen, bro. It's not gonna yeah, happen. It's, it's <laughs> not gonna happen. It, it shows how little so solidarity I feel like. Yeah. No, Maybe concept, not the average American, no concept. No concept. Just solidarity at all. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just getting angry. Uh, it, it's been wild. Like, of course, there's been a lot of like insane online takes, and specifically like, oh, now that the writers are gone, AI can show us what what it can do. <laughs> and people have, like Ben Shapiro has, has made one that I is still living in my brain. Remarkably and it's, he, bad. He, Like so bad. He's it was something like he he entered in a prompt like write a comedy scene um where there it was like about bargaining like collective bargaining and i just read it and i was like wait did he did he think this was like funny or good or like what what is this
4: yeah i just truly it would make more sense to me if we found out that this is just one big bit all the
0: shapiros and tucker carlson because it's like you can't possibly be this well after after learning from tucker's private text messages he's not that daft he knows he's full of shit and he doesn't like working with some of the more insane people so he offloads them to janine piero and it's like he (laughs) knew what he was doing um yeah i uh so i've been doing like my my students are like not fucking interested in ai because i was like we're going to use chat gpt um I got, I got, I got let go by my school district, so I'm not gonna be teaching after the end of the school year. And so I told the kids, and I'm just like, we're gonna be real fucking loosey goosey in here, here until the end. Of the year, <laughs> <laughs> and so I say to them, I say, I want to write an essay, or I want you guys to write an essay. I want you guys to pick a news story since we'll say. The fall of the Berlin Wall. So, like, since like 1990, let's pick a news story, and I want you guys to write an essay. I want a thousand words, five pages, five sources cited in MLA style. And they're like, "Oh, that sucks. Fuck that. We don't want to do that." And I'm like, "Yeah, but what if ChatGPT wrote it for you?" And the real assignment is that you guys have to try your hardest to make Chat ChatGPT sound like you wrote it. Yeah. And- <laughs> And that's an interesting concept. Yeah, the kids were like really into it until we started playing with AI today. Literally today, this morning, I had um, I was like, what do you guys want to ask it? Like it can sort of search the Internet and it's going to reply to us in like a naturalistic way. What do you guys want to search? And they're like, ask it if God is real. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, it doesn't (laughs) contain Esoteric secret knowledges. <laughs> it is just uh, just the internet, guys. Um, so then, by the end of it, they're like, "I don't want to fucking do that." It's a fucking pain in the ass that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I had it write. I had it write a story today for one class. The, uh, a girl said, "I was like, let's do a creative thing. What do you? We'll write a story. What do you want the story to be about?" And a girl says, a st- "I want a detective story about a secret room." And I was like, "Sounds c- good." So I tell it to do that. And then it's like, Detective Jack Reed could smell the strangeness as soon as he entered the house. And the kids were like, the kids were like really impressed. They're like, wow, it like really wrote a story. I was like, well, let's point to some of the like cliches. And yeah. it turns out that there's a, a, a time travel device inside of the secret room that sends Detective Jack <laughs> Reed to the future. And I'm like... <laughs> Why did this house that had a burglary in it also have a time travel device in a secret hidden room behind yeah. a bookshelf in the kitchen? Why does their kitchen have a bookshelf? I'm really c- curious about all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, and the kids were like, "Oh, this is kind of this is kind of weak." And I'm like, "Yeah. Yeah, it's just a Google search with like better responses. This is all it is." Yeah. I know it's it's truly
4: uh it's truly just uh, like just laziness like what it yes. comes down to and just trying it's the typical like i think what sucks the most about this is it's creative work being bogged down by the same bullshit corner cutting that businesses try to use that fail anyway you know and i think the problem and i think the thing that you know these blue checks uh who are who jump in front of the bullet for billionaires never see it, is how many you know businesses usually a lot of these people run through that fail and then they hop to the next one and lots of times their biggest um you know their biggest talent is acquisition having the money to acquire people's good ideas <laughs> and then and then hiring people under them who prevent them from running it into the ground i mean i think the easiest way to see it is this genius uh that was elon musk uh completely running twitter into the <laughs> into the ground like he, oh, yeah because it's like even you, you had like most of the people who were making Twitter work leave or get laid off or get fired or you know and now he's stuck with like essentially a bare bones team that he's asking to do all this labor for free uh, and he's still uh, running it into the ground because even if yeah. it was good even if like somehow I was on here was like I'm actually thinking about spending $8 because the site is better that would have came at the cost of uh unpaid labor like that's like like that's just the facts of it is he had people sleeping in the office. Uh and I doubt they were getting overtime or anything like that.
0: No, 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 no. They're all there on H1 DVs as they're they're just uh just trapped. Um I, I think that I, I do want to get a little messy, but we typically, you know, we cut it <laughs> off at about an hour and then the rest is paywalled content. So we can yeah. wait for that because I want to get a little messy about speculation of, of what shows are going to suffer the most. Uh,
3: but <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I already I told my kids today I was like, "Poof, I'm not a psychic. But I can tell you all right now, Rick and Morty is done. There's no more Rick and Morty. I can <laughs> oh, promise man. you all that. You, you think so?
2: With with the news of what's his name, oh, Justin Roiland. Yeah, I think that, not I like don't the, think that show. It's fucking. Well, it's, it's Adult it's,
0: Swim, you know. It's not. It's not NBC. They're not going to like cape I, for that show. I think the yeah. funniest
4: thing about. Oh, that too is rick and morty only very recently got, became wga <laughs> so like in theory if if, if 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 this strike would have happened any earlier rick and morty could have still been
0: going oh my god <laughs> that's amazing i didn't i didn't know yeah. they were w like recently that's yeah yeah but justin roiland and dan Harmon are in wga surely
4: oh well Oh, there's lots of different weird fucky workarounds with stuff like that like animation can be really weird like that but now animation guild writers are often being covered but yeah i mean there not all shows have to be wga so there's a lot of there they, and usually when there's not when it's animation is when people try to get around that and more like you know there was a really good tweet that said you know all these people who think that you know we're gonna get reality tv out of this strike don't know that there's a lot of uh writers who make reality tv because yeah Yeah. a lot of times they're segment producers but they're really writing segments and but because it's not like writer they're able to work outside the you know union so with that being
0: so with that being said i do want to actually wax nostalgic about Mm -hmm. the uh the 2007 strike because for those too young to recall the the 2007-2008, it, it went from November 2007 to February 2008 um, for those too young to remember that strike, it was a very strange time. I know people have been sharing the clip of Conan spinning the ring on the desk <laughs> but that was Conan's decision because he was like paying his writers and a lot of the people like a lot of the bigger like you said, it, we'll call them 1% writers for the the sake like Jimmy Fallon, Quinta Brunson, uh, Jimmy Kimmel are all like promising to pay their writers as if they are still writing, even though they're on strike, because a lot of these people know where they come from. But in 2007, it wasn't like the start of a lot of that shitty reality stuff from the mid 2000s, but you know as soon as that writer strike got started uh next at mtv got renewed uh for a whole new season and oh, and yeah. so did flavor of love season 3 was during the uh the strike the very first season of the apprentice celebrity apprentice was during the writers strike and that ghoulish television show um moment of truth was also started during the writer's strike where you just bring somebody on and they're like have you ever had sex with your cousin and then oh, the person's yes, like, oh yes i remember that uh, yeah and the person's like yeah yeah for sure i fucked my cousin and it's like that's ten thousand dollars for you <laughs> <laughs> what the
2: fuck you know i was definitely one of the people that was too young i, th- I think i was like 12 or something when that that strike happened so i was, I was too young to kind of understand the gravity of that situation so hearing about all this stuff it and, and seeing it happen now is, is really interesting. Um, and then it's, it's kind of seeing where things went. Because um, I feel like with this strike in particular, like w- with riders, um, compared to a lot of different strikes, it's a lot more visible. Um, like when you, when you hear about like rail strikes, you don't really see it like manifest necessarily in society in the same way that already we've kind of seen the writer strike um and, and seeing that like visibility that a lot of these writers have and effect like on cult have on cultures has been really interesting so far so do you guys do you guys think that there's going to be like a new wave like depending on how long this goes of course but if it let, let's say it goes on for a long time do you think there's going to be like a new
0: wave of like weird television like there was in 2007 my my guess I, I i'm not the first person to say this is that uh that won't happen because i think they are going to hire social media stars is big instagram influencers tiktokers i think they're going to try to continue the uh uh, a creative story writing output by hiring like jake paul to write the next season of, (laughs) of 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 big bang theory or whatever the fuck
2: oh lord i mean they
4: they can try it you know it's really what I think is going to happen is I think you're right I think one of the th- like wild things about strikes or the writer strike specifically is we're striking but we're not done writing and I think it gives a lot of people times to refine and craft ideas and you know after it's done and we get back to work you're just gonna have just a excess of ideas and I think because of that it's going to make, is gonna make uh, TV more fun, more weird uh, and all that stuff. But to be honest, you know,, uh, I am curious of because we're we're in an interesting just place, I think, as just economically as a society, and you see a lot of people who is who are, you know, kind of with their backs up against the wall and i don't know if they're going to try to ex- you know exploit that and try and get people to scab but it's just not good because the wga is very much uh not a fan of that so much so that if you scab you will never be able to get membership and when the strike's over the only writing job you will be able to get is wga so it's like yeah you can if you want you know you can get have a maybe a couple months of work and never work in this industry again, or you can just hold tight and uh, uh, you know punch up an idea and be ready to sell by the time this is done.
0: I'm sure he never would do it, but friend of the show and TikTok celebrity, Christian McCartney, uh, do not take a contract (laughs) with Warner Brothers. They're trying to trick you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that, but um, yeah, I did. um, I actually, I did a little fun thing earlier uh today i i asked chat gpt what the effects of the 2007 writer strike were and um basically from like the programming and the like ratings numbers it didn't really affect those for the big shows cuz the big shows were law and order and american idol and that was basically everything um But it did result in some really wild reality shows that I do not, I did not really remember. Um, There was a Dancing with the Stars spinoff that I do remember. I do not remember 2008's NBC reality series, The Baby Borrowers the fuck is that what <laughs> nbc reality series premiered in june 2008 and followed several teenage couples who were tasked with taking care of children of various ages including infants and toddlers Is how Chet <laughs> <describes it. laughs> wow. i am i haven't even looked i'm sure the poster for it is absolutely brain fried and totally melted in in the worst way possible um we we also got uh we also got Wipeout um which I think most people will be familiar with Wipeout yeah. debuted Wipeout did kick oh, ass yeah, yeah. Uh, June enjoyed to- that show yeah June two thousand eight um but I, I I have a feeling that that uh uh Caleb Alex and Iffy will remember I survived a Japanese game show oh uh, I
4: vaguely remember that that yeah. had like
0: a full season and my parents were like fully matilda's parents laughing at the uh laughing at the guy reaching for the money they were like so into i survived a japanese game show where people <laughs> I do were not just like remember this can you summarize it for me uh like those those mid-2000s japanese game shows that weren't actually game shows by the way uh to any millennials uh those japanese game shows weren't game shows they were fake game shows for like a clip show that was written by writers and sketch artists but then <laughs> One of them, which was a sketch show, got dubbed over by a MTV um show, and they made it seem like it was a real show with real competition, and they talked about the people as if they were competing, even though that original show had no are you competition. talking about MXT? yes mxt yes that was
4: uh something's castle and uh yeah they 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 would would create these personas and it was yeah it it started off on spike tv and then g4 was airing it for a bit but i definitely remember that
0: so that kind of stuff like they made it seem like japan had these wild ass game shows where people would have to like stick their head into like a scorpion nest or something like that yeah. or jump through like literally jump through hoops in order to be given cash and they just did it as if it was a real game show in the United States and it ran I think for two seasons yeah uh, really fucking crazy Um, and I will say I did try to find any of the uh, I, I did try to find more information about the Fox reality television show Who's Your Daddy in which a like 16 orphans were competing for the chance to find their biological i do parents. remember that one wow. one of the
1: sickest things that's happened on television yeah
2: <laughs> that's insane that
0: was canceled after one episode though so uh, really <laughs> one episode exactly oh, yeah. one played Um uh, i did i did ask then i asked what are some shows that were similarly cancelled from the era of the writer's strike (laughs) and uh, it said the American Dream vote this reality show premiered on ABC in 2007 and was cancelled after only two episodes the show featured contestants presenting their dreams and aspirations to a live audience who then voted on which dreams they thought were the most worthy of being fulfilled
4: yes oh my god i I, res- I remember that show that was wild uh, like, there was also
2: a uh, they were really trying to come up with anything
0: at this point yeah o- oprah's it, it i will just point out everything that the studios and the networks come up with on their own is extremely cynical and extremely nasty and that should tell you a lot about the people that run Uh, these companies (laughs) is that it's like what if we get a bunch of fucking orphans and give them a hundred thousand dollars or whatever um oprah's big giveaway was another one uh which is pretty self-explanatory they turned the you get a car thing into a reality show Uh, The Dance Machine, uh, this dance competition show premiered on ABC in June 2008 and was canceled after only one episode. The show featured contestants competing in a dance-off to win a cash prize. I would imagine that it got buried by G4's classic television show dance off dance off uh which was also <laughs> from that era era and also a, a stone cold masterpiece in which totally normal regular people would pick one song and get nude and dance to it on camera and it was put on the fucking television
2: oh my god so so when people say television was really bad in in this time during the writer strike they were not joking Holy yeah, no. really shit oh no they, no. Were, they were very serious <laughs> wow! I, like I, I, I definitely with the amount of people saying it online, I was like, okay, there's probably some truth to it, but I, I was too young to really experience this. Also- I did not know the huge negative side of it is like, you know, the last strike was a hundred days.
4: So a lot of this stuff was already down the pipeline. (laughs) So like, so you have a horrible, so so don't, don't, don't worry they just, I feel like these are ideas that probably would have been shelved and never shown. And because the strike happened, they're like, well, we got to try this dumb, evil idea that that we, (laughs) we we tested and no one liked it.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm nearly <laughs> certain that some of those were also including like reality shows that were shelved indefinitely by the networks mm-hmm. that they had like three episodes of. And they were like, oh, just, yeah. fucking, just fucking put it on, boost it like it's a real show. If it does well, we'll bring back the writers after the strike. Like, there was definitely like, they were definitely, they had fucking thrown away shit that they ended up putting on television. Much like yeah. The Phone. This reality TV show debuted on April 2009 on MTV and was cancelled after only four episodes. The show featured contest- contestants receiving phone calls with instructions to complete various missions and challenges. Basically a fucking escape room that they just put on television. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> Wild. They, are, they were desperate. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. Um, so as far as like the, the, the future of the strike, um, I, I'm not asking you to like talk about strategy or what you've like seen from rank and file people, but like if you had to guess, where does this go? Is this going to go longer than a hundred days? Do you think it's going to have similar effects to the th- 2007 strike? What are you thinking? Ippy?
4: I mean, I think this is just gonna like, honestly, I have no clue. And I think it's just going to go as long as they can stand. I feel like it's kind of like I said, it takes a while to feel the hurt from the writer strike because you have scripts that have been delivered. You have, you know, so oh, all these different ways that it's going to take a little longer. But one thing I also know is that next week the Directors Guild is going to be negotiating their contract, and in June you have the SAG Guild negotiating their contract. And if they and so it, it's it it's only going to get spicier for these studios. So hell yeah, <laughs> that's so awesome. so truly it's like it's it the ball's in their court, and they really are at this point risking a whole industry shutdown by not just you know uh, being reasonable and sharing literally 2% of their profits
0: do you think do you think we could see something like in the in the early 60s where like uh Lucille Ball and Charlie Chaplin and a bunch of other people got together to like start their own studio do you see like an artist led coalition or anything like that you know that is
4: definitely something i've been like dreaming about yeah because of uh uh uh, like that that would be just fun to see. And I just like a shakeup like that. You know, so it I, I'm I wouldn't count it out. I think eventually I, I've thought about this a few times too. I was like, I do think after a while people would just I mean when you got like two other unions that yeah. can that between the SAG directors guild and writers, you know, and Teamsters. Holding us down, like that's that that's what you need <laughs> to 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 make <laughs> movies and TV. So we'll have the tools. And only
0: time will tell. Are you are you telling me that the the industry does not need thirty eight year old cokeheads screaming TikTok reality <laughs> show in their office?
2: Yeah, no, no. Something <laughs> tells me we could do without that. <laughs> uh, so, and if I remember correctly, the the demands that you guys are trying, like the main demand, is two percent residuals, right?
4: Uh, well, just uh, it's it's the uh pay raise and the minimums, uh, two hmm. percent residuals.
2: Uh, yeah, just a couple, not. It seems really easy, yeah. but the studios are trying so hard to not do something. For me, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm naive, but I feel like the studios, with the amount of money they make, this should be an easy, easy give here.
4: Oh, definitely. But you know, yeah. that the thing about you, like, you don't, you don't become a billionaire by you know being reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> you know, true. You, 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 you become a billionaire by being extremely. Extremely uh, stingy. No matter how simple it would be to share a slice of the pie, so that's why because
0: um, they don't view it. They don't view it as a slice. They see it yeah. as an inch to give, in which the Directors Guild will decide to take a a, a mile with their yeah, negotiation. Exactly. So, but they're fucked. I mean, they're genuinely fucked because the the strike doesn't have to last 100 days to hit the 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 Directors Guild uh, negotiation and. Ah, uh, fucking Lord of the Rings, the the Lord of the Rings show is mm-hmm. continuing production without any writers, showrunners, or production staff on set at all.
2: Wait are you kidding me? I, am not, they- I am not. I am on set.
0: What are they doing? The actor yeah. the actors and the directors. But there's no like oh, production Lord. team or anything. That's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no. By the way, do you guys know when that new Alec Baldwin movie is dropping? Because I've been like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just, I heard so much about it, and now I don't hear anything about it. Is it coming <laughs> out soon? So strange. Yeah. <laughs> does, does something happen when production staff is not on set? Oh, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: if yeah. I was curious, like, I've been reading a lot of ire sort of reserved specifically for I'm gonna have to get the name here. Lombardini, Carol Lombardini, the person who runs the AM, the Alliance of et cetera, et cetera. What is her deal and why is everybody like, has she said crazy shit? Like why is everybody so specifically furious at her in this moment? That oh, may, may yeah. seem obvious, but uh I mean generally it's like has she been doing things that are like insane incendiary
4: oh yeah i mean i think it's just as the voice of this you know group of billionaires uh she's been saying you know some wild uh condescending things and i think because of that it's really uh cranking up the heat and only getting people uh more amped up it's it's really great because you know the more people you got saying silly shit it only gets people more excited to strike (laughs) it only gets people more excited to (laughs) hold strong because it's like you know sure we can focus on not working and focus on, you know, what our finances may look, look like down the line, but you tend to forget all that when you have people say things like writers should be happy that they have, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, um, I forget the exact quote, but essentially the happy that they have what they have, you know? So, so we should be happy with what they've given us, uh, as if we, they're not eating off of our labor.
1: Uh, I did have a, a just another uh, kind of a, a nerdy economics type question about this. Um, it seems to me like uh, every one of these studios now is trying to start their own streaming service, or the landscape for that has changed, and a lot of these services really aren't working out the way that they were hoping that they would. And do you think that is going to play a role in how they respond to the strike for the writers? For you guys asking for more money? I mean,
4: how do you think that is? I mean, it, yeah, I, th- I think that's already kind of where we're at or why we're at where we're at because you have so many of these studios kind of went all in on these s services and you know they're just running into issue after issue like you know Let max formerly known as hbo max formerly known as hbo go uh hbo now as well there's also hbo now
2: for a hot minute but horrible all horrible rebrands but you know they
4: along with you know disney plus got into a lot of you know legal trouble because you know actors make money on points and when they chose to go direct to their streaming service and not to theaters it was aptly point out that, that they cut into those profits even though there were many other things i mean you know it was literally a global pandemic that is still going on sure but like you, you they're trying their best to see if they can cut out the middleman yeah if both mm-hmm. You know, financially with distribution, but also, as you can see, with writers and AI, they're trying this. they you have a bunch of uncreative people seeing if they can cut out the <laughs> creative people and still make money. And everyone's kind of just sitting back and watching them be like, <laughs> just confused. And I mean, the only way we can show them is just by uh, letting them see how that works out for them. <laughs>
2: I would love I would love to see that play out. I would love to to put the people on Twitter or whatever that are like, oh, I bet you like, oh, TV shows are gonna get better now that these writers are gone. I would love to appoint those people to write some scripts, like direct some shows and see what they come up with. Oh. I, I would love to see what they what they what their so brains funny. can
0: conjure. I <laughs> am sure I am sure it. there are script readers that are the absolute bottom feeders at every single studio <laughs> that can send you over about <laughs> Uh, five to ten million scripts that sound exactly (laughs) like those guys would. Oh, I kind of
1: feel like anybody who says that, oh, oh, it's going to get better without the writers, like, you should be forced to go into a room and pitch your show. Like, that's your punishment for being so stupid.
0: (laughs) The hook hook of my guy, it's like Rick and Morty, but what if he said the N-word? I think we have (laughs) like eight or nine seasons out of that one alone. Oh, yeah. It's
4: gonna, it's it is funny because I you know yours is much nicer than me. Every time I see a take like that, I wish there was a way to block them for being able to watch any TV. (laughs) Like, like, just (laughs) immediately invalidate all their accounts. (laughs) Where it's like, well, you don't need it, so why, why? Because (laughs) that's what happens. Is you have all these people who are like, oh, this is that this, and as soon as the writers are back, they're rushing to watch the new thing. They're rushing to, and it's (laughs) like that's why it's just so annoying <laughs> because yeah because it's like you're 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 just uh you know you you're that you're that one african overlord video where it's like i don't want peace i just want to cause problems like you, like in the <laughs> end you want the benefits of of the writers winning this strike but you have nothing better to do than to try and be a contrarian because that's the only way anyone online will get to talk to you
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not even obviously a, like a writer and, and those takes baffle me and frustrate me. I can't imagine how it feels actually being like a writer in this strike, seeing people say that, like that would drive me yeah. so mental. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh. I, I also
0: could get to 200,000 followers on Twitter by saying that I'm rocking with nine eleven. I think it would actually be pretty easy. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I don't know how
2: I got where I got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, Ethy, so we're going to start wrapping up here before we, uh, before we get extra spicy. Uh, what would you like to plug coming up? What do you got going on?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think definitely uh, follow me on the... Uh, on the internets and i'll keep you up to date on what's going on it's funny i feel like in good conscience i don't want to plug any of the things i've written on because oh yeah you know uh it's 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 you know it'll be great when it's great and i'll tell you about it when it's there but you know, uh, stand strong. Uh, I, we're gonna win this. It's just, I think that's what got me so amped up. I went to the big, uh, meeting last night where, uh, you know, all of the unions pulled up. You had IATSE, you had Teamsters, you had DGA, you had, uh, laborers union, you had, um, SAG, SAG, oh, DGA, PGA, PGA. Uh, everyone came through, and it really just kind of was an exciting show of solidarity. But like, I remember sitting in the room and was like, "Yeah, if they can't do anything without us, you know." And uh, and that's what's exciting it was like, there, you just you can't win. You can try. This is a good, good. Yeah, I, honestly, this is a great time to put that idea to bed where it's like go ahead try your little ai try that and you know good luck finding a director maybe you can stand on set and try and figure it out and when that all crashes and burns uh come pay us what we're worth and we'll go make some good tv
0: hell yeah hell yeah solidarity Where well, on the internet uh can
4: people find you Oh, Ify Wadiway, just my name. Ify Wadiway, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you'll see that. Eventually, Blue Sky, when I get that invite, uh, probably under some yes. new. Bro, get Ify a code. What
0: the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah. 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 I'm suddenly out. I have no more code. I don't have so either. Either. Like any. They, they never know. gave me any. I didn't even have one code. Oh, my God.
1: We had a nice little uh, little run of... I had some, and then some friends had some in the Western Kabuki Discord. So uh, hang out there. Maybe, guys, if you're listening, and if you hang out there, Maybe you'll get one in the next week or so. All right.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for codes. Hell yes. Thank you so much for listening to Western Kabuki. I'm Wack Nicholson. Thank you so much to Iffy. Have a good day. Goodbye. It's the Twins of-
3: Hey, this is Alex. I just wanted to let you know that there is another entire hour of Western Kabuki over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash Western Kabuki. This week, uh, Whack June and Bird take questions from all of you. Uh, They talk about Steven Crowder, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and much, much more. Again, that's patreon.com slash Western Kabuki. All right, take it easy.
1: having done so.